Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Uliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. John chapter 6, verses not. Let's actually, let's read um, verses 5 to 11. Again, this is the story of the feeding of the 5,000, a very famous passage of Scripture. This is what it says. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test Philip, for Jesus himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him and said, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now, there was much grass in that place, so the men sat down in number, about 5,000, and Jesus took the loaves, and when he'd given thanks... He distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. Now, we all know this is the story of the feeding of the 5,000. But this, this to me is also the story of a little boy who made a difference. And I think that one of the things that we need to come to grips with is that we need to live a life that makes a difference. You get an opportunity to come on this planet and um, you can either fly through this planet living a self-centered life or you can make a difference. And uh, here's this little boy that woke up that particular day and he says to mum, mum, Jesus is in town. I want to go listen to the preacher. And mum says, I'll make you some lunch. And the little boy got a little bag and, and mum put five little barley loaves, like little bread rolls and little sandwiches. How many of you love sardine sandwiches? Uh, how many of you hate sardine sandwiches? He's a little Jewish boy, lived by the sea, and they loved sardine sandwiches. So five, and, and this is very Italian, you have to eat more bread than fish. Five Five little loaves and two little fish. Can't eat the fish without the bread. And, um, and so, so he has his little lunch and he goes and he's Jesus. And then, and then he hears that Jesus is looking for food. And he looks at the crowd. And there's, you know, when the Bible says 5,000 men, they only just counted the men. There's women and children. And so if you, if you know... How many of you know that when it comes to church, you're always going to get more women and children in church than men? And so, and so if you count the men, women and children, it would have gone past 10,000. We're talking about maybe as far as the eye could see people and he's looking at his lunch and he's looking at the people and he's looking at his lunch and he's looking at the people and kind of thinking, ain't going to go very far. Huh? But let me tell you what happened to this little boy. Something motivated him to give and what motivated him to give was just compassion 
And, and compassion is where your heart is moved. There's something in your heart that gets touched. A lot of us have sympathy. And sympathy is a feeling that comes, and sympathy is a feeling that goes. And so, you know, the thing is this, that I'm sure that there were a lot of people 13 years ago that had sympathy towards unplanned pregnancies. But Deb had compassion. Sorry. And uh, Jen, Deb's over there. Uh, you had compassion too. Uh, but not as much as Deb, as Jen. Deb, Jen. Sorry. You girls look like twins. And uh, I'm getting confused. But I got confused last week. I called one of my sons Davo instead of Daniel. And I'll never live that one down. But anyway, that's, that's me struggling with my own sins. Anyway, let me move on. So we're talking about not just sympathy because sympathy comes... And sympathy goes. But something about compassion stays with you. And when things are launched out of compassion, they're launched out of the heart. Now, what what I notice is this, is that many times the Bible talks about Jesus being moved with compassion. And every time Jesus was moved with compassion, a miracle happened. Something happened. Just this transformation that took place. And I really believe that one of the great things that we can do is is to look at what moves us with compassion. Because I really believe that what moves us with compassion is a divine call that God has placed within us to do something. And so what moves you with compassion? You know, we have so many things. We've got missions. We've got, we've got Cambodia. We've got the mission field. We've got places all over the world. We've got Africa. I'm going to Africa, Asia, South America. I mean, there's, there's, there's the homeless. There's feeding the poor. There's lots of things that we have sympathy for. But what do you have compassion for? Because what you have compassion for is connected to your call. And what's connected to your call will cause you to make a difference in this world. So so these are the characteristics of a person who makes a difference. Number one, they have compassion. Number two, they do not despise what they have. Now, folks, can I just say to you that this becomes a barrier. And a barrier that not only do you impose upon yourself, but others impose upon you. Can you imagine? You know, here's his, the Bible talks about one of his disciples, Andrew, um, says there's a lad that's got a few loaves. Um, and and his, his approach, this is Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, says to Jesus, look, this little boy's got his lunch. And his descriptor of the little boy's lunch is, but what is this among so many? And immediately, he's a little boy with compassion, gives his lunch, and the immediate response to the lunch is, what's this among so many? And so he's the little boy fighting his own, well, will I give my lunch or will I keep my lunch? I mean, he's fighting himself, how can this lunch feed all these people? And if it was me, I'd be sort of nibbling away, wouldn't be much left. I'd say to go from five to four loaves to maybe down to one fish and maybe half a loaf by the end of it, you know, might be a few little scouts. But he, he saved it all, he was ready to give it all and, and he's thinking in his mind, how, and, then, and then one of the disciples just underlines it, yeah, it's, it's pretty useless, it's not going to do much. It's not going to do much. But you know what? When Jesus saw it, 
get, get hold of what happened when Jesus saw it. This is so important that you see this. That when you know, as soon as 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 uh, as the disciple says, "What is this among so many?" Jesus says, "Make the people sit down." I got my miracle. Make everybody sit down. And then verse eleven. I love this. He took that little boy's lunch. And what does it say then? He gave thanks. The very thing that we despise, Jesus says, give it to me and I'm going to be grateful for it. I'm going to give thanks for that little lunch. And you've got to fight the battle of despising what you have. You've got to fight the battle of of who am I and what have I got to give? And what I've got to give is so small and insignificant. But you know what? How do we change the world? One person at a time is the answer. And so often we are so overcome by the immensity of the challenge that we lose the value of the one. We just lose the value of the one. And it's time to give back the value to the one. Because just by helping one person, we're changing the world. And too often we despise what we have and we despise the fact that all we can do is help one person. But you know what? You've just got to write this down. I can't help everybody, but I can help somebody. So don't look at what you can't do. Look at what you can do. Write this down underneath that line. I can't do everything, but I can do something. And so don't be so so taken back by the immensity of it all that we don't start with the one, the one thing. What's the one thing that I can do? What's the next thing that I can do? It's so small. It's only five loaves and two fish, and there's no way that it can meet the need except when God gets hold of it. It's amazing what God can do. It's amazing what God can do. I can still remember the days where Anne was battling with with what do I do with this compassion in my heart? It was the Port Arthur Massacre in 1996. We talked about it last week. When, when those women and children and men were massacred, they were just innocent people, just minding their own business, got massacred. And, they, and they're out of the picture, but what you've got left behind are, are all these family and friends that are absolutely shattered. And, and Anne's compassion was, who helps these people? And it was out of that compassion, unbeknownst to Anne, that Chaplaincy Australia was launched. Compassion. But I'm telling you, she had to fight. Well, who am I? What can I do? I'm only one person. There's nothing I can do. She had no idea that 20 years down the track, we'd have over 400 chaplains all over Australia doing amazing things all over the world. It was just, it was, you know, and the story needs to be told and the story needs to be celebrated. And I say the same thing to you, Jenny Gurry, that you've only just started to scratch the surface. And while I was praying for you in the first service, I saw diamond ministries in every city of Australia. I started to see it just moving around. And you might think, how in the world is that going to happen? It's not up to you. You just give your lunch and God will give thanks. God will bless it. He'll distribute it. He'll open doors that you can't open. He'll, he'll make a way that you can't make. He'll just cause this.
this thing just to flourish as long as you don't give up. And this Christmas, when it's coming, you overcome the temptation of giving up because you were brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. And the enemy just wants to destroy it. But God wants to bless it. Not only that, but he wants to grab hold of it and give thanks for it. Give thanks for it. One more thing. The third characteristic of someone who changes the world is that they're willing to step out of the comfort zone. That comfort zone is it's, it's such a challenge for all of us. You know, and, and what's the comfort? The comfort zone is what we're used to doing. You know, it's, it's what we're doing now that we've always done and that we're basically happy to do. It might be amazing. It might be phenomenal. Everybody might say it's amazing. But now we're comfortable because we've constantly done it. And, and I, and I want to say to you that every single one of us that's broken through can make our breakthrough the comfort zone. You know, we've got we to gotta re-pioneer again. We've got to just break out of that zone again. We've got to stop being comfortable because as soon as you're comfortable, you, others might look at your comfort zone and say, whoa, you're amazing. What you've done is amazing. But now for you, you don't have to use any faith anymore. It's basically been there, done that, tick the box. So what's the next level? Because God hasn't finished with you yet. You got to break through the comfort zone. And so there's some people that have to break at the start. Others have got to break it once they've started and gone past many levels to get to the next level. You know, Anne and I have just turned 60. And so we can be in our 60 comfort zone. But we're looking, I'm telling you, you can get to 60 years of, I know that you look at Anne and you say, there is no way that you're 60. You look at me and you say, I can believe it for him, but not for her. And that's the way that it is. But that's okay. For me, I used to pray about, Lord, I can't wait to get older. You say, that's crazy. Not when you're a pastor. Because when you're a pastor, you need to be older to gain some wisdom. And so to be a better pastor, it's good to be older. So it's okay. I just, um, I'm, I, I'm happy at whatever age. The point that I'm making is this is that the temptation at whatever level you get is to stay where you are and not move forward. And so one of the big things for me is now I want to plant 50 churches in Sydney. And I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, I don't know how in the world we're going to do this. It's like, wow, you know, we've, we've taken three years to plant one at Fairfield. How's that going to work? 50, 50 in the next 10 years. I got no idea, but I'm willing to break out of my comfort zone. And I've got Pastor Adrian right by my side saying, John, I'm going to help you. We're going to link arms together. We've got 50 churches to plant. We're going to do it. I've got a board saying, yeah, we can do this. And I'm looking and saying, I don't know how we're going to do this. <laughs> and it's just nice to be in our nice, comfortable church. But there's too many people that don't know Jesus in Sydney for us to stay comfortable. There's too many people that need us for us to stay comfortable. You want to do something significant. You've got to find where your passion is, where your compassion is. Compassion with passion. What is it that just doesn't go away? Sympathy comes and sympathy goes, but compassion doesn't leave you. It sits there. It just stirs you. It just, you know, year in and year out, it's there. It's there. You can't get over it. It's like, man, I've just, I can't, I've got to do this. It's connected to your core. 
then don't despise what you've got in your hand. Don't look at something bigger that you don't have and say, when I get that, then I'll do it. Forget it. It's never going to happen. God says, what have you got in your hand? Don't despise the day of small beginnings, Zechariah 4.10. Don't despise the day of small things. Stop despising what God has given you and start using it because when you are faithful with the small, God will give you more. And the very thing that you're praying for, God says, no, you launch out with what you've got. And then once you've launched out and you've got no more, then I'll give you what's next. But God, I could do a lot more if I had millions. Well, get rid of the $10 that I've given you now. Well, well, when I've got a million dollars, then I can be more generous. No, you've got to be generous with the 10. If you can't be generous with the 10, you'll never be faithful with the million. Oh, but when I get a million, that's when I'll be generous. No, if you're generous with the 10, then God can trust you with 100. And if you're generous with 100, God can trust you with 1,000. And if you're generous with 1,000, God can trust you with 10,000. But stop wanting the million before you can be generous with the 10. What have you got in your hand? Be generous. Be generous. And then that third point, you've got to step out of the comfort zone. It's the faith zone. Comfort zone versus faith zone. What's your next faith zone? It's, it's scary. How many of you know? It's really scary. But what if it doesn't work? But what happens if I fall on my face? But what happens? Stop saying that. That's giving voice to the enemy. Start saying, but God, if you're for me, it's going to be successful. God, you're going to open doors. You're going to make a way where there is no way. God, people's lives are going to be changed. My life is going to make a difference. People are going to say, blessed, blessed are you because you've impacted my life. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.